Welcome to the Cousin Brew Show! I said, I said, yeah! Oh, ho, ho. Yosemite Sam, right? Yosemite, yes, it was you. Is it Yosemite Chicken, I, right? I, oh, no, no, no. That's Foghorn Leghorn. Fig, Foghorn Leghorn, yes. Foghorn Leghorn. Yosemite Sam's what? The, the guy who used to chase the roadrunner? Yeah, he'd shoot his guns and he would... Uh, Get told, he would get told by Beto O'Rourke that he was no longer <laughs> going to have those guns. <laughs> See, I worked in a little debate humor into the Cos and Brew Show. Hey, big show today. We're going to talk Western Conference. We have about 15 teams competing for eight playoff spots. I guess that's the way it always works, but uh, no, it's... Uh, uh, wow, West. It is the Wild Wild West. It's an interesting list of teams that are going to be competing for these slots. Um, and because we have so much to go through, we're just going to jump right in. But uh, welcome to everybody to the show. And thank you to Hawaiian Isles, who's carrying me personally through this. I've been on like a 15-day hacking, coughing, uh, sinus infection fest of allergy meds. Anybody who follows me knows that if I take the allergy meds, it's essentially like I'm on drugs, you know, and, and, and I'm basically... Uh, incoherent most of the time, so I'm back, but I got the coffee, and that's helping me out this morning. Uh, Cause, how have you been? Living for the city. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm excited. You're still babyless, so I'm just kind <laughs> of uh, I'm waiting for you, uh, one of my oldest, dearest friends, to join the ranks. You, you think uh, you're waiting, sir? <laughs> we just we just sit here every night tapping our fingers. <laughs> Like there's nothing else you can do. It's it's really rough. Anybody who hasn't been through it out there that's looking into this sort of fun, um, you know, it's obviously much worse for her, um, you know. But you know, she just kind of sits there in pain, you know, like ready for this thing to happen. And I just sort of sit there like, oh my god, this thing's about to happen. So uh, <laughs> nothing. There's nothing crazier than a woman being over being pregnant like there's definitely is like you know people get over things a lot but a woman when she wants that damn thing out is just like i feel i felt so bad for my wife on both of the pregnancies because with about like you know two and a half three weeks left and just like i don't care what i just yank it out of me just just cut me open here in the living room and get this thing well out. and what's crazy is i mean like aside from the fact that my average massage time for the evening has gone up from like 30 minutes to now it's like at 45 i, I if i wanted to be a massage therapist i've got my hours in um but yeah no it's um i mean we don't we don't have a name yet we're really struggling for this. And it's not not for lack of trying. I mean, we have literally probably spent, gosh, I don't know, 100, 200 hours, 500 hours. I don't know what we've done. Um, we really like your kids' names, Kaz. So if you have a name oh, okay. uh, other than Makoshi for... Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, we, Cabello's, we knew, my oldest Cabello, we had uh, that one ready to go. But Langston, we didn't really decide on Langston until probably we were in the room, you know, like when she when we went to the hospital, that was kind of the we, it took a while. We weren't sure. We had no we we still had like five girls names. So we really uh were behind the ball on the second one. So uh God, I, don't, I, don't, a, I don't know how we would have done if we didn't know the gender already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. But, but I guess the good news is, like, we have it. We, we have no problem finding girls' names. Like, we we probably got like twenty girls' names, no problem. It's just okay. for a reason. <laughs> we can't come up with a name, and it's uh, it's killing me. Anyway, back to uh, the Western Conference here. Uh, glad to be back on the air with you. Um, so, okay, this this Western Conference, we both texted each other the teams. I actually haven't looked at your text yet because I was Mister trying to fix things around here with the audio. Um, wow, you got an incredible list here. <laughs> this is going to be a good show. You know, we, we, we agree all the time. and uh, not, on this. not on this one. Whoa. Okay. All right. So I think we agree that Phoenix is not making the playoffs. I think. Apparently, I got them just on the outside looking in. They should only finish somewhere between 19 and 26 games back. So... <laughs> They're gonna be it's gonna be tight. <laughs> but they won't quite make it in this time. 
Yeah, what were your thoughts quickly on Devin Booker? Like, you saw the the stuff, or maybe you didn't. It's like a terribly slow summer news story where he was in a pickup game, and they were double-teaming yeah. him, and he was yelling at them for double-teaming him. I thought he had a decent little counter-argument, like five steps down the road when nobody cared about the story anymore. But uh... <laughs> I, You know, I didn't see it. I heard about it, and, like, I kind of thought, like, and I, I'll, I'll listen to your um, what he said as a counter argument, but from my perspective, like if that's his mentality when he steps onto a basketball court, like Phoenix is going to be in trouble for a long time if he's their best player. Like, why wouldn't you double team someone <laughs> when you step onto a basketball court? Your your job is to win. So, like, I, I don't know whether it's pickup, full court, half court, three on three, scrimmage. Uh, game game seven like your job is to win so like the fact that you would just let one of your teammates get just torn apart is kind of crazy that that you think that that that's the way it should be so uh well you know, that's, yeah that's troubling but go it, ahead it, well me. i mean i think this is one of those things where if you've watched him play we have um, yeah, you, you, you see the sort of, it's not an arrogance, I don't think in his game, but it's, you know, there's definitely a lack of defense. There's definitely a lack of passing, you know, there's definitely some, I'm, you know, I've been given the keys to the franchise and heck the old GM said that they basically ran decisions through him and he wasn't even old enough to buy beer, I don't think. And so there's that sort of, it's, it's probably arrogance, but it's maybe a few steps short of that in his game. So when he comes back and he does something like this, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt. And then I think probably three or four days later, he came back and he's like, look, you know, we're here to get better. We're here to practice. And, you know, if I'm just constantly passing out of a double team, it's not making me any better. And that might be the most revealing thing about his game is he's more worried about himself getting better than everybody else getting better. And it's uh, kind of fun passing out of double teams. If, if you're a really good player, it's something you really should be able to do and something that you really want to do. Like no one cares. No one considers a guy that scores, you know, 30 points and never gets double teamed. No one considers him a good player. Like to take that next step, you do have to pass out of double teams. So the fact that he couldn't even make that connection of like, I am actually working on my game by having to pass out of double teams. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's, but, it's funny. The Suns are just kind of this, you know, they're not the Knicks, so eh, they're pretty much the Knicks. They, well, I mean, this roster is not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm, I mean, they're they're the they're the Knicks in the in the sense of the ownership's terrible, and that just starts such a trickle down that it's hard to overcome. But like, I mean, I mean, Rubio, you know, he's a true point guard. They got you know young athletic scoring wings. You know, Aiton, if he could get his motor going, is you know, he could at least be a a 10 and 10 guy, you know, Sarich. I mean, they got some guys off the bench bridge. I, I mean, it's not like, it's not like the worst collection of talent I've ever seen, but there's no way I, I would be shocked if they're not in the last place again. <laughs> you know? Partly because it's, of it. You need that leadership out of your best player. And, you know, I caught yeah. heat from some of son's Twitter's like, you know, Deandre Ayton, you know, what is, is he going to get outplayed by Aaron Baines again, you know, or by, yeah. by his backup again? Um, yeah. Baines is wow. a sharp shooting three point shooter now, um, which is just funny to me. <laughs> He's like the least likely looking guy coming into the league. Probably couldn't shoot within you know four feet, um, but now he's a dead eye three point shooter um, and really good. I might add, not making fun of Aaron Baines here, um, but that's the the predicament of being in the West now. Memphis, their their roster is real bad, so they're going to be probably last place. Minnesota is somebody that neither of us had into the playoffs. Um, just a lack of depth, I think, in questions about Carl Anthony Towns there. Um, Is he going to be there at the end of the season? I think so. I mean, this is a this will be a really big year for him if he's if he's going to be taking the next step and and staying in that kind of like unicorn. I mean, I think he was the guy. I want to say two years ago that NBA GMs voted or, or surveyed said that they'd start their franchise with him. Right, right. That was stupid at the time, but it was kind of a prevailing thought that he was that guy. Well, you know, it wasn't. I don't know. I think it, it depends on what they. I think it was like the 
it wasn't stupid for the age that they put on it. It was like 23 and under or something. I mean, it was, I didn't think it was crazy. We'd have to go but, back to the report. I mean, defenses. It's just defense. I don't know. That, that kind of is kind of obvious with him. But, um, but he's going to be taking control of that franchise, like, post-haste. And, um, you know, I think everybody in the franchise is willing to give him the keys. So will he take that next step? And obviously, we don't think he's going to do that to get them into the playoffs. Um, neither of us had OKC in. No surprises there. But uh, Chris Paul... You know, do you think that that he, I guess, makes it through? I mean, he's got to make it through the year with them, right? Nobody's going to pick up that contract. Um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because is this? Does he still have more on the contract? Like, what? How many more years is he? Have? I think it's two. <laughs> we'll look, we'll be looking that up. Um, it's it's still I mean, a bad contract. Um, yeah. I just don't know who it's really going to be a unique situation um, for any to, to move him. And I mean, it has to be someone that is on the cusp of not like you can't just be like, if we get him, we're going to make the playoffs. Like You got to be like, if we make this move, we're going to win a championship. And this year and the rest of the contract be damned. We think if we get him, we could win a championship this year. And I just don't know who in the East or the West would be in that situation and what you have to move to make that work. I mean, so, it's just like, I, I he's going to be there. <laughs> I don't I just don't I'm, know how he's not going to be there. I don't know what cap magic somebody could pull, but theoretically, you'd have to do this. You'd have to bring him in at the trade deadline, you know? Right. Um, He's he's got a player option for 2021 and the 2021 and 2022 season. <laughs> like he's due to make about 120 million over the next three years, and that is just a crazy. And congrats, Chris. You know, hey, yeah. more power to you. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, that would be the only thing you'd have to do. You'd have to be like, you'd have to find enough salary, and and really. Oh man, you'd have to have some crazy bad contract on your team somehow. Yeah, or- that's the thing. I mean, that's what you have to do is think of another awful. Think of a good team with another awful contract that they can move. Because other than that, you're moving the, the like Houston Rockets, <laughs> Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that team already made the move. So, <laughs> uh, but you know what? I'm I'm. This is why the West is so great, and this is why I'm really excited for this season. Is there's so many teams that are they are just compelling and he's he he on the Chris Paul on the Thunder is compelling like he's going to be able to sort of take that team and build it in his image and mm-hmm. you know now we can kind of just really see like is he the intangibles guy that everybody's sort of giving him credit for though we've seen that intangible not really pan out in the last few years um so that'll be fun uh, who else do we got here? We got. Did you have the Spurs in the playoffs? You did, did. but you called them ass. <laughs> I did. I know. I think it, I did. it was a quick text. <laughs> quick text error, but you got the Spurs in. Okay, uh, Dallas. I don't think either of us had Dallas in. In in yeah. they're they're just stuck in that that proverbial Utah Jazz eight slot from uh, a couple years back. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, just- do we even is um is uh is Porzingis supposed to start the season? Uh, it, I believe he is. Um, I believe he is. Question mark. Yes, he is going to be uh, ready for the start of the season. Um, and he's going to split minutes with a nice uh, front court crew, and um, you know Maxi Kleber is going to give them good minutes. Dwight Powell is going to give them good minutes. So there's a nice rotation there. He'll probably play something like 30 minutes per game. And uh, so I actually like that team. I think that might be a little steep for him. I mean, maybe toward the end of the season. But if they're trying to make a serious playoff run, I think that this team is – I think that those guys you mentioned, specifically Powell, I think that they're good enough to stay in the hunt for the first 40 with him playing about 20 minutes and then they could crank it up later. But he just, I'm just not convinced on his body that he's a guy that's ever going to be healthy a lot. 
So I I would try to ra- I would try to ramp down his minutes as much as possible early, and try to stay in the hunt, and then and then crank up early because I just he just is fragile. Well, uh, you know, I'll put it to you this way about the Mavs: I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. You know, just given the coaching situation, the organization is very, you know, just entrenched in good practices other than their HR practices. And they but but like their their rotation in today's NBA, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, they can get out on three point shooters. They can get out in space and defend, um, you know, good rim protection from this trio of players. So I think. Big man defense to me is just so critical. You know, if if you've got that those two positions locked down, you you're just ahead of like half the league. So many leagues, so many teams of the league, they play either a big man, you know, who's really good at defense but still gets burned on the pick and roll, a la Utah, or they play a big man who's not good in any phase of the defense, and teams just isolate that player, pick and roll him to death, and get a bunch of corner threes. So, um. But we don't have them in, and it's probably because, you know, and I'm actually a Dellen Wright fan. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a big season, but, like, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be slated for a decent amount of minutes, maybe. Um, you've got Seth Curry's actually a strong addition there. Um, Luka Doncic, you know what you're going to get there, I think. Um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty good guess that he's going to have a great year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they made it. Um, who else Brunson did? really like a lot. For them, um, so I think they're. I think they'll be there. They'll be. They'll, they'll be there. But I just don't think they have uh, quite enough pop uh, to get it done. But New Orleans is a team that neither of us had in there. But I had them really close, like on the bubble. Um, did you have them as close on the bubble? Yeah, they're going to be good. They're going to have a nice season. Really, really. Um, it's kind of funny in you know professional sports when you see people that just know how to put teams together <laughs> like every decision just kind of makes sense you know there's not like a this randomly grabbing a random talented guy just to grab him you know like so I, I think that the pieces fit and uh they should be they're gonna be a tough tough especially at home you know hopefully if they're if the people come out should be a tough at home and then if you're not uh, coming focused when they come in the year um building they're going to be able to uh surprise a lot of teams yeah i mean looking at that roster there's just like talent sort of oozing out of every position i mean josh hart is gonna be maybe like an eighth ninth tenth man and uh you know he's been a guy when healthy that people have been decently excited about even mm-hmm. like their backup their third point guard frank jackson got some quality minutes at the end of last year um, i like frank jackson what's his name better be on his p's and q's because I don't think they're going to wait for Lonzo. Uh, if, if Frank Jackson continues to improve, I, I don't, you know, this this is the year for Lonzo. If he don't make it here, you know, this is not, he's got, he's got you know, Redick over there shooting for him to open up lanes, you know. No one's going to care what he's doing with Zion uh, out there. Like, if he can't make an impact, a winning impact this year, I think we, we know what we have with him. Well, he's going to have to make some free throws, I think. Like he can't be shooting forty percent from the foul line. Like, I mean, I mean that 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 affects your game if you if you're afraid to drive, you know, you, and you're not a good shooter. You know, that really is a bad combo. You know, <laughs> I love it when people start describing players that can't do like everything that the basketball game requires them to do. He's not quite that because he could definitely play defense, pass, and he could probably shoot a little bit from beyond the arc, but like. Still not convinced on his defense. I know people like his defense because they see the blocks and some of the stuff. He has good instincts off the ball, but like in tough, like crunch time minutes when he gets out and you ISO that guy, man, the dude does not move his feet and he doesn't like contest. Like he 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 just like retreats back, so he never really gets beat. But you can walk him into like. 18 17 foot jumpers all day long and then he'll finally come up and then he gets burned so like i'm still not a huge fan of his defense either but he's good off the ball and he's so long that he you know he he can disrupt you know but he can be picked on yeah that's um that's a perfect scouting report there um and and it's also always why players who are like that will get that defensive reputation and it's Really, it's, I guess it's, I don't want to get all off track here, but like, you know, this is why 
players don't play good defense in a way because they know if they are good off the ball, if they do get steals, if they do get blocks, you know, they're going to get praise for that. And they don't necessarily work on those fundamentals like sitting in a stance for hours on end. Um, I think that's it for the teams we agree on. Or, or yeah, we agree on because uh, you have San Antonio in. I have them out. That means I have one team in that you have out. I'm trying to figure out which team that is. And I believe... Wait, what? Do you have the Warriors not making the playoffs, cause? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's a screw up. That's what. That's where we screwed up on. That's where I screwed up. And, then, and for the, for those who don't know, when we talked earlier, we talked after last show. We probably talked for like ten minutes on just how dumb everybody is for burying the Warriors. And I and I promptly, promptly on my own show, burying the Warriors. You're not allowed to do this, cause if I laugh too hard on this show, I'm gonna hack up. I literally just hit the flonase while you were talking. When someone was when like when I was doing the list, like something didn't seem right about it. Well, okay, let's talk about who you're gonna kick out now, and we work things out on the show, and, and this, you know, this is a working out process we have here. So the the, the number eight team that you had on your list was the Sacramento was- Kings. Yeah, so I'm kicking out Sack, and I'm gonna shoot the Warriors um, in at a seven. Seven. Right? Seven. Who do, I, who do I have? I have a uh, wait. Well, you got you got Denver at five, Utah at six, and we got a lot to talk about with your list as, as well as mine. Rattle off my list because I can't. Yeah, see okay, it. so this is what Cause texted over to me. So you know, get your get your uh, tweets ready. <laughs> at, at number eight was Sac. Seven was Ass, which was San Antonio. Six was Utah. Five was Denver. Four was Houston. Three was Clippers. Two for the Lakers. And number one, Portland. You feeling good about Portland there, Cause? Uh, yeah. Wait. So, so, so after Clippers, who do I have at four? Yeah, yeah. The Houston Rockets at number four. Okay, and then five was, were... was the Denver Nuggets. Six was the Utah Jazz. Seven was Ass, San Antonio. Okay, we'll move. Okay, so let's move uh, the Warriors to six, and then. Uh, Damn, you're putting Utah at no, seven. No, 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 I'm sorry, Utah at six, Warriors at seven, San Antonio at eight. All right. So okay. uh, the Kings, I have them in the playoffs. I have them at seven. Um, and for for for, well, let's bury that for a second because this will be fun. The Kings. Uh, it's good that I think. Um, well, not good. It's good for them that they, um, you know, they're so high in our rankings. I think a lot of, I think the national sentiment is probably more at like ten or eleven for them. Um, you know, the, the Vegas, yeah, no one sees them. So <laughs> nobody sees them. Um, but I'll tell you, man, they have depth, like crazy depth, and the good kind of depth, like Corey Joseph depth. Um, I worry about Trevor Ariza having watched him play for the last two years and just sort of been like, what? Like (laughs) Trevor Ariza thinks he's Michael Jordan. What's going on here? And, um, will he be able to, I I mean, really, if I look at their roster, I feel like he should almost just be playing 20 minutes per game. And then, uh, that's, um, you know, about half of what he's used to playing. So how's that going to look like for him? Um, Bogdan Bogdanovic is doing what you expect him to do for Serbia in in, in whatever you want to call these games, you know, that have been going on. Um, that's a whole nother story. Um, USA getting just basically trounced. Uh, not surprising, I, I should say, you know, with the roster that they built. But um, they got a lot of talent, man. Uh, I think they can win a lot of games, and I think it, it really just boils down to does Luke Walton screw it up to me, like or the organization? You know, they've got a history of making things harder on their players. They did it as recently as last year with the whole Dave Yeager saga, Brandon Williams. I should probably name the saga after the right person. Um, so, oh, man, I, I guess what I think listeners, there's a lot of Kings listeners on this show, would like to know is is Luke Walton going to screw it up? And and you being a, a Lakers guy, is Luke Walton going to screw it up? I don't think so. I think that, you know, he's not a, he's not a guy that 
you know, comes in wielding the hammer and that's in, inflexible. So I don't imagine that he's going to be telling uh, Darren Fox that he has to walk up the court or, you know, the, the obvious bat. I don't think he's not going to be the guy that uh, encourages Marvin Bagley to shoot, you know, 15 threes in the game. You know, mm, well, Mar- he, Marvin Bagley's already encouraging Marvin Bagley to do that. Well, no, he, but I'm saying like the obvious <laughs> things. I think that he, th- those kind of things are things that Luke Walton is going to uh, encourage. So I don't see him screwing it up. I don't know how his whole personal saga is going to. Um, you know, I don't think he's on the best footing with that. So I don't know how that you know gets involved in the situation. Um, but I think that, you know, he's, I think he's got, I've always thought he, I thought he was going to be a coach when he was a player. <laughs> I saw that. Um, and I think that he's in a place where they actually want him. So I think that he should be fine. I just still think that they're just a little bit away with the experience, um, section of the, you know, I, I just think that they're going to lose a couple of tough games that, uh, are going to cost them, but they're right there. You know, I had them in until I forgot I didn't, didn't have the Warriors. So, <laughs> so, okay, real quick, real quick question on Luke Walton, <clears throat> because I think it speaks to like the viability of this team. Like, so he's got a lot of players. He's got to juggle minutes for, <clears throat> and yeah. what did you think of the way he handled Julius Randall's low minutes and Brooke Lopez's low minutes? Um, you know, I think that it's, I think that it's, uh, more the Lakers organization, you know, they're, they're, they're terrible. And I think that, you know, he was, you know, doing what he was told. I don't think that, uh, you know, the Randall situation, I think that the Lakers had already pegged him to be out of there. Then it was kind of like, Oh, well, the guy keeps improving and he's helping us win. So we really don't want to play him, but we kind of have to. And I, it's just when you don't have any, when you have an organization that doesn't really support you and doesn't want to um, kind of separate powers, you know, the way they should be, um, those kind of things happen. I think that I don't think that that'll be an issue in, in Sacramento because I, I think that they are, at least for the immediate future, going to give him the team and let him do what needs to be done. So I, I don't I don't perceive a problem there. Well, that'll be interesting. I mean, they have. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want to give them a green light in terms of the organization not dictating minutes because I think we've seen that in the past. But no, I'm just saying for the immediate future, like the, this, this well, most, the majority of this season, I don't think that. And and I think that the guys that you know, these guys that have come, uh, you know, players that have uh, moved into coaching, you kind of got to look at their pedigree and you know situations. Like you know, he's seen that you know, he's seen deep teams before he's been on deep teams and it's just a matter of communicating. It's a matter of communication to uh, your players when everybody knows what they're getting into, not what the agent said, but what, what, when they, when they talk to each other, when he says, listen, Trevor, you're only going to be at, you know, 20 minutes, you know, as long as guys know what they're getting into, then, then they're, then they're usually fine. And if it's being delivered by the right guy and, uh, one thing that he has is personality and an ability connect, to connect with guys. So I think he'll be fine. I think I think they'll be fine that way. And and to close down the Kings here, the, the this is Vladdy's guy. You know, the the Dave Yeager hire was one of these things that just sort of popped. You know, like the Kings really needed to pivot, get a good coach, and then when Dave Yeager became available, they hired him within twenty four hours. You know, right. it was it was not necessarily Vladdy's guy. So he's got his guy. And, and maybe they'll be in synergy on all the playing time stuff. So in my playoffs, I have Portland at the eight seed making, <laughs> making it in. And you have them at the one seed. So yes. and, and, and I don't know this isn't going to be that revealing. Like, I think, like, Portland is – they've shown that they can be a great regular season and even an improving playoff team. Um, Damian Lillard, man, what can – I mean, you can't say much more there. Uh, they've got continuity. The only thing that they – I guess that they do have, I was going to say don't have, but what they do have is Hassan Whiteside. And um, he's going to be a handful, you know. I, I mean, he yeah. will be motivated contract year, that, you know. So Yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm banking a lot. I'm banking a lot. They, they, they are taking, like, gradual steps, you know, every year. 
And I just think that they're going to come in with the mindset of we want to be the number one seed. And, you know, they've got two great offensive players. You're going to have a motivated a white side who I think that they'll be able to work some things out where he's going to be the go-to guy with certain lineups. And I just think that they, it's when those when teams have just enough talent and they've been improving every year and that's like going to be their goal. It, it kind of it kind it's one of those things like they could get there. And then it also wouldn't shock me if they lose in the first round. You know, this has nothing to do with what they're going to do once they get to the playoffs. I just think that they're just going to be like dead set on, you know, if we get the number one seed, everything will work itself out. You know? <laughs> and uh, so I just I just I just really believe in them. I think Zach Collins improvement um, has been great. I, I just I like it. I, I, I like what they've been able to uh, to do. So um I didn't rank them so low in, as far as like a lack of faith in them. Um, mostly like just measuring risk. Like if Hassan Whiteside was to get hurt and he hasn't been the healthiest guy, yeah. then they're really hurting in the regular season. Um, you know, theoretically, of course, because Zach Collins could come in and play a lot of minutes. And then at power forward, they just kind of have a gaping hole. You know, it's, it's, it's Anthony Tolliver and Scal reuniting those Sacramento Kings days. Um, the, that's going to be rough. You know, they're not going to be able to survive that very well. Kent Bazemore and Mario Hazonia at small forward. Um, Baze is good when he's healthy. Um, last year, he looked like he got a little out of shape, probably because it didn't seem like Atlanta had him in their plans at all. Um, and it wasn't even related to his play. It was just one of those things, kind of a la Julius Randle. We know yeah. you're not going to be a part of it, so you're going to get 20 minutes. And you know what? I'm not really thrilled about 20 minutes, so... Who knows how that worked out there. Um, from there, though, we kind of have some similarities. I have Golden State at the bottom of the West at six. I had Sac at seven. I, th- I think you had Golden State behind Utah at seven. Um, Wait, just, just, just read your list off because I can't see it right now. We have, uh, or I have, yes. the Clippers at number one. I have the Nuggets at number two, the Jazz at three, Houston at four, Lakers at five, Golden State at six, and really the dividing line. Whether or not Golden State can catch up to the top five, to me, is is the question there. Um, you know, if it will be tightly bunched, you know, as it kind of typically is in the West, or will there actually be a pretty good separation there? Because theoretically, the Lakers could, you know, with some of the, I mean, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, those two guys should be able to, you know, push across quite a few wins on their own. Um, but do they have drama? Do they have you know, configuration issues on the court, you know, what, what is they, what are they going to get out of Dwight Howard? You know, that, (laughs) (laughs) did you see, you're going to make me laugh and cough up everything right now. Did you see his, like, uh, the interview he had where they, they took a tour through his mansion? (laughs) No, I, I I try to turn the television whenever it's like, right <laughs> like dying over here. Yeah, he's he's just a big kid, man. Like that's all. I that's literally like seven children <laughs> with seven children from like five women. <laughs> it's I do have a hard time with all the ripping on him. I feel like it's like you know kicking a guy while he's down. Um, sure. He he clearly missed something. You know, in the in the grow up stage, and uh, you know he's sort of living that out right now, and and really in many ways is the butt of all jokes. Um, but yeah, no, he they they took him through his his mansion, and he's got he's he he had this weird thing where he's like Thanos was my inspiration for this thing, and um, I don't think he understood that Thanos was the bad guy that <laughs> wanted half of the uh, the world's population to die. Um, there was that weird thing, and then um, all sorts of other. Go watch it; it's it's weird. Um, what are you going to get out of Dwight Howard? You know, that's that's a question there. Um, I don't have the Spurs in the playoffs. I guess that's that's noteworthy here. Um, I'm I'm really just blindly betting against the Spurs, which has gone so well for everybody for the last. Yeah, and that's that was you know I thought about that with um, the battle between uh, them and um, at Sacramento. And it literally is just because they're always there. Like, you know, I, I just... Sometimes you, know, you got to bet like that. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's just... It's literally just pop. They're there. They got, you know, DeMar DeRozan's still a good player. LaMarcus Aldridge will give them enough to get DeJounte Murray back. You know, 
White was really good for them last year. Rudy Gay was great in his role. Forbes you know, was just, good. Forbes is good. I mean, there's just you know what you're getting with Mills. You know what you're getting with all these guys, and they know the system. And like you know, he's going Popovich. I just feel he's gonna. They're gonna eke out tough wins that they have to get. Dejounte Murray like, and Derek White. I mean, if you play, if they play together somehow, I don't know if they can because of the shooting yeah. aspect of it. But that's a crazy athletic backcourt. Yeah. I, it's really like, it's kind of funny. I don't really think that, I mean, the Popovich has got so much clout, you know, like. So much clout he didn't even <laughs> care about Team USA. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but the Kawhi Leonard thing, I mean, like, he, San Antonio, despite their success, is still a really small market that's not a destination for NBA guys. And he chased out a Hall of Famer in his prime and you look at these two these two young guys. You throw Kawhi Leonard in there. Oh. I mean, where would you where would you have them sitting? You know what I mean. Well, like, and, and you know, I God, I wish we had more time. But like the Kawhi stuff is just so fascinating to me. I mean, his sister is just now getting popped for allegedly murdering an eighty four year old in a what? in a bathroom in a casino. Yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, it's it's weird how under the radar this story has been. And it's because it's NBA dead zone. And in fairness to Kawhi, it's not him. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's his sister. But, like, his sister he's, has been. He's, he's only famous in basketball realms. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people don't know who Kawhi Leonard is. <laughs> but know? he's he's been through this life that nobody really knows about. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's been a rough life for him. And so for him like to go home to you know to la was sort of just like he had this tractor beam on the idea like he just was gonna do it and everybody around him was like yeah okay cool you know that's what you want so like the guys in toronto didn't seem surprised he was leaving at at all like one even slightly negative thing they've they've almost been like weirdly overjoyed for him (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it was like because he was straightforward. Maybe there's a lesson here, you know, because yeah. he was straightforward with all of his teammates. He's like, look, we got one year here. Let's do the yeah. best we can with it. And bam, it worked. Yeah. And I mean, he must just really be. I mean, if, if that is true, and it really certainly does seem I mean, it doesn't seem like normally they might withhold the name and like, you know, or like there would be some sort of like kind of pause. You know, off the record, oh, you know, so and so. The reality is that the the Toronto locker room is just pissed off at him, and they think he's a traitor. There's none of that. There's no. absolutely none. <laughs> so he's he's been kind of Teflon, really. I mean, even with the way he orchestrated free agency, I mean, there really did seem an element of like just badassery from a, a transactional standpoint. Like he was Kaiser Sose, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. he's no, nobody's like. You imagine if Kevin Durant or somebody else was doing that. Kevin Durant had a nice. I haven't read it yet because I don't have the New York Times oh, subscription, and I refuse to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> and democracy I, does die in the dark, but you know, I will not support that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. I heard parts. I've only read. I mean, it's only the quotes I've seen. And- but but he if KD had done it, everybody would have been flipping out, and probably deservedly so. Um, okay, let's get into the, the rest of this, because we only have so much more time left. Um, we got Utah in there at uh, both of us. You have them at six. I have them at three, so a little bit of variance there. Uh, so what, what's a... Uh... Here's my issue with Utah. I know they made some good they made some good moves and stuff, but it kind of strikes me everyone's hot on them, and it kind of strikes me as whenever these teams that haven't accomplished anything are suddenly thrown in with get the target on their back, I think it's just tough for them to maneuver. Like there's usually like teams gradually move up the list, you know, and then all of a sudden they're good. I mean, I, I just think that in part because of the media is so into them. I think that they're going to have a tough time winning some games. And I think that their playoff performance will be a lot better this year than it's been in the past. That's where I think they're really going to be tough 
What's interesting, it, you have Denver at, at five. I have Denver at two. So you're doing the same thing with Denver there. Same thing with Denver. I just think that they've got the target, and I don't know that some of those guys are ready to rise to the occasion um, of having to try to defend um, that kind of a season that they had. And, and you look at the thing. It's not like they dominated. I mean, they, they're only – I think there was only like four games between them and the number like five seed. So it wasn't like wasn't like they were – way ahead of the pack. <laughs> so I just think that, you know, I, I think that they're going to have a couple of, uh, you know, some teams are going to be really, really up for them this year. And I think that that could drag them back. I I do feel exposed on, on, on my Denver at two and Utah at three, because really it can only go down. Like, and along <laughs> the lines of what you're saying, teams being up for these guys, you know, I do worry about Jokic. And then I, it's like, I shouldn't be, you know, he's he's proven himself. He showed it in the playoffs. I mean, but I just feel like, like maybe like it, the thing I picture is that he goes back to Serbia and just eats like as <laughs> much as he can eat, and maybe even drinks as much as he can drink. I don't know if the guy drinks at all, but like like consumption wise, I just feel like he just. Just like, hey, I'm going to just, this is the only time of the year I could do this. And then he does it. And then I just worry, how can he stand up laterally, defensively in today's NBA? Um, I, I worry a little more about, like, Jamal Murray. Mm, yeah. I don't know, like, you know, he's kind of got a little bit of, uh, people are starting to recognize him a little bit as a good player. So he's like a guy that, you know, I worry about Millsap, uh, because of his age and his body, I worry about Jamal Murray. Like, is he really ready to take that step? When, like, you know, it's like when the when the good guards come into town, they're like they're ready to go. You know, they're they're going to be ready to go against him this year. He's not sneaking up on anybody. So, what are they getting I, out of Gary Harris and and Will Barton? Say again. What are they getting out of Gary Harris and Will Barton? Because I think like you're right. If if I'm an opposing elite guard and I see Jamal Murray, I'm like hell yeah. You know, yeah. we're we're going to score thirty tonight. Um, but th- but if you have those other two guys there helping with yeah. the perimeter defense, it gets a lot easier for Jamal Murray. But both of those players, they've both faded last year. Um, yeah, Barton hasn't been the healthiest either. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm rooting for him. I like the way they play. I like Malone as a coach. I like all the players. I just. Uh, I don't know, like it, it's so tight there. Like a couple of taking a couple of getting a couple of tough losses in this in this conference is like you can go from two to five real quick, you know, and not not even be worse. You know, they could literally be a better team this year coming in and, and, and be two or three seeds lower, you know, and that's not you know that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with you know the, again with the playoffs, but uh, that's you know that's just how I went with it. But, uh, let's let's wrap up on the uh, the teams we haven't mentioned very much. Houston, we both have at four. Um, I think, I mean, when I look at them, I basically go if, if Harden and Westbrook stay healthy and there's not like a major injury strike for the rest of their very thin roster. You know, those two guys alone, especially with what they they probably feel like they have to prove. I'd feel like four, yeah. four or five, yeah. six. And it, could, it could be. I mean, like, I just think it's going to take a little time to figure out what they want to do on the court when they're on the court together. But I, 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 part of me is like, it wouldn't shock me if they're higher. You know, I, I just, you know, they, with the way that they call games, it, it, they're going to be atrocious to watch. I mean, with Westbrook and Harden, I mean, you might see, you know, 30 free throws a game between those two. I mean, it's going to be terrible. It's going to just be terrible, terrible basketball to watch. But I think they just know how to win regular season games. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they're actually higher than that. But Yeah, yeah I, I th- they could theoretically yeah. push all the way up to one. I mean, Yeah, I mean, that, it wouldn't shock me. That would be fun, actually. I'd love to see them as the one seed because, uh, you know, that would generate some hype. Here's and, an eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be what I want. Oh, if they get the one seed, I, I I would almost want to say right now they're going to lose that that playoff series. Um, <laughs> Lakers and Clippers. We'll wrap it up on them. Um, what is it going to be about the Lakers? What's it going to be about? You know, just in general with those guys. I think it's like what you said earlier. I think that 
I just think that LeBron and um, and AD are just going to be able to push through a couple of wins, you know, enough wins on their own, regardless of chemistry. I think there's enough there to um, there's an, there's enough shooting around to to get the job done. I, I just think it's just you know, last year was a little bit of an anomaly. LeBron James was definitely overweight when he came in, um, and I and I think that. They just, I mean, between Lonzo and uh, Ingram, I mean, there's just there was just like not really any space. And he was at the beginning of the year, he was kind of like, well, let's see what they can do. And that cost them some big wins <laughs> that they could have got, you know. And I know he was trying to feel his way and see what they can do on their own. But I think they have enough. And I, I think that they're going to be very, mo- at least LeBron and AD are going to be very, very motivated. So... Again, it wouldn't shock me if they're number one, but you know, it's going to be about. I'm interested to see how they do against the good teams. That's really all I care about, and that's going to give me a better idea of how they're going to fare in the playoffs. Like, what do they do against the Clippers, against the Warriors, you know, against the Milwaukee's, against teams that are locked in on defense? They're going to take something away. You know, are the Caldwell Popes and the the Quins are they ready for? action you know how are javel mcgee and dwight howard's body is gonna hold up you know that that's kind of what i'm more interested in well, so uh, i'll say this a team like milwaukee can just throw Giannis on lebron <clears throat> that that's the thing you know what do you, what do you do when you have defenders that can actually make lebron do things he doesn't want to do necessarily that, well, no, that's that's you where mean, you be, that's where you see what kind of a team they are. You, you mentioned Milwaukee, and so that's why I brought that up. But you know, prior to that, I was thinking, okay, it's always about LeBron. It never is not about LeBron. But like Anthony Davis is already saying things that speak to his kind of like the the worst things, not just even for him, but for all of NBA big men. He's like, I want to work on my pull up jumper. I want to work on my three point shot. You know, I just want to be me. You know, like all that stuff you've ever heard kind of DeMarcus Cousins say, you know, <laughs> that's just, man, I'll know like that show, um, that LeBron produces, um, when, when, yeah. when he went on there and just read like Anthony Davis went on there and just read lines from his agent, basically. <laughs> and it, like now he's being empowered. Like all that's coming, that fruit is coming to bear right now. So I want to watch what does Anthony Davis do? You know, like I bet his pull up jumper game is pretty damn good now. You know, I, I bet he shoots really well from three, but does everything else fall apart? As long as he's, as long as he can be himself, that's yeah. what I guess. <laughs> I gotta be me, man. <laughs> I said, when did winning like take a backseat to being me? But whatever. <laughs> I'm more than I, I, yeah. The guys that do this, this, this line, I'm not making fun of them. More than an athlete, you know, like. <laughs> okay, when you're in a basketball court, you're an athlete, though. <laughs> so. I love the message Jimmy Spencer is putting out there, and he runs a great show over at uh, Uninterrupted. But like that stuff is pervaded, you know, <laughs> like the basketball court, and it's easy fodder. Uh, the Clippers, you had at three, I had them at one, uh, and that's only that's only because of Kawhi's health and what he's gonna what they're gonna do to look. try and manage it. If he says I'm gonna play 75 games at 35 minutes, they're the number one seed. Right. That, that's my. So that that was only because I think, I think that they're going to do what they can. I mean, you can't do a lot in the West, but they're going to do what they can to 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 keep his minutes or a couple of games out here and there. I so just want to see those guys in a high profile game, like on a Thursday night game. You know, just crank up the defense and make a yeah. good team just curl into a ball and want to yeah. leave thirty point loss like that. That Beverly Landry Shamit. Uh, Kawhi, Paul George lineup. Oof. I mean, if you start throwing in guys like Montrez Harrell, whew, man, that's going to be something else. Um, cause we said 45 minutes. It's at, at the 49 minute mark. So we're, we're going to have to cut it short here. Um, but we do have, so one more show, at least, uh, previewing the season, which will be our prediction show. We'll, we'll cover who we think is going to go where in the playoffs, We'll cover things like, I don't know, like MVP. We're not going to get deep into the weeds on like Coach of the Year or anything like that, are we? Nah, nah, who cares? We'll do like <laughs> M- MVP, Rookie of the Year, 
Maybe we'll do when does uh, Frank Vogel get fired for Jason Kidd. Maybe we'll do that. Like we'll each pick a, a time in the year when he gets fired. You know, it's great. Hey, look at the schedule. Look in the schedule and then find a, a, a three loss in a row stretch for the Lakers. And that's what that's what you best believe. I should probably do the plugs for our draft guide in the beginning of the show. But hey, oh. I, I'm not great. And, and, and speaking to that, we have huge things going on here at Hoopball. We have a ton of new sponsors. Uh, I mean, and they're great. Like, literally, we've been working with some of the best in the business. And, um, you know, we, we've got deals with Fantasy Drafts. If you're um, into DFS, they have a, a great concept where they're not taking a rake, which is the number one reason players don't want to play DFS is they, you know, they're going up against the house and everybody else. Uh, we, we've got a sponsorship with MyBookie where they're doing a $1,000 match on... Is your personal bookie, or is that the name of the company? You know, it's it's both now. <laughs> it's both now. Um, if you're looking for a good gaming partner, you know, to uh, get ready for the season, check out my mybookie.ag. We've got Hawaiian Isles Coat of Coffee, and we got more in the works. Um, but the draft guide in it, not only did I name the coach, and this is, you know, laugh track here, I named the, the Los Angeles Lakers coach uh, Vogel Kid. Uh, I also, for our MPG projections, put a picture of Jason Kidd with a funny face because that's what's going on in LA. And that's the reason I have them as low as I did, you know, at five is there's got to be something crazy that goes on there. Jason Kidd, I mean, he is going to probably what be the coach within what, like at least a year and a half. Is that the over under there? I mean, like, why would he like, like people like the heat just wants to be an assistant. Why wouldn't he go to to Carlisle where he played? Why wouldn't he ask Doc Rivers or something? Why would you want to you want to be an assistant to learn the ropes? Maybe fill some holes that you had as a coach. Why would you choose Frank Vogel staff to be a part of? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, the only reason to take it is because you know the Lakers want you to be the head coach. I, I just feel like there's going to be like 50 moments where you, you you've got the uh, the Larry David uh, music with the what is the show I forget. Uh, Caribbean there's like that music is going to be going on with Frank Vogel's face just looking at the camera. <laughs> that or Hello Darkness, my old friend. All right, you guys can find <laughs> us at www.hoop-ball.com and on Twitter twitter.com slash KOZ A-N-D-B-R-U show 100,000 days without a tweet facebook.com slash KOZ A-N-D-B-R-U show where Kaz has the best Facebook post we've ever seen another one's in the books peace peace